Welcome everyone to Coalesce on Common Ground. This week, Gallup released information on the state of the global workforce based on statistics that they found in 2022. This data talked about the increase in employment engagement, also the increase in stress. They also mentioned what they term quiet quitting and a surge of job opportunities that they found globally. I'm going to talk about the statistics in this report more on this podcast, and I'm going to jump into some key insights that I have for you to combat this in your own company. And lastly, I'm going to go through a case study of a company that I think is getting this right, a company that's doing well from an outsider that studied it and their hiring and engagement practices. I'm glad you're here and let's drop in together. Let's first talk about this research that Gallup released this week. They release an annual report that is called the Collective Voice of the Global Employee. So they basically go out and interview employees across the nation to look at what's really going on inside companies. Then they release a report on it. So I'm going to go through these key findings, a very high level. I dropped into the show notes a link so you can actually read more in depth into this report and download the report for yourself. So check out the links if you want to get into this even further. A couple of the findings that I thought were positive were the first one was employee engagement reached a record high in 2022. The quote they even put in here I thought was interesting. I enjoy my work and I would miss something if I didn't have to work, even if the money stayed. As an employer myself, I thought that was an encouraging quote and it kind of made me giggle and was like, man, what if we all just got money and we didn't work? What would we do with our time? (laughs) I know for me, I would be probably bored. I would still be working on something or another. It's what brings me passion in life. But they found overall that the employee engagement reached a record high of 23%. 23% is the record high of employee engagement, which really doesn't seem all that high in my mind. It's talking about here that they thought more workers were finding work meaningful and felt connected to their team manager and employer. So that's good news, I guess. I guess it's good news to get that 23% in. The other statistics that I thought was positive is the world experienced a surge in job job opportunities in 2022. So they found that every region of the world saw an increase in the number of workers. Basically, you can go out and find jobs. United States and Canada that they did mention really saw a surge in job opportunities the year before. So that's 2021. That doesn't surprise me at all. There was this was in the news everywhere about the increase in available jobs back in 2021, especially coming out of COVID. I think a lot of people were looking to switch jobs. So those are the positive aspects of the report. You know, that whopping 23% are feeling really engaged at their workplace. And the other part is there's job opportunities out there. So let's look at the other half of the statistics. Well, the other larger portion of the statistics and what Gallup was finding. The first one that comes to no surprise to me is the fact that employee stress remained at a record high. What they found was worldwide, 44% of employees said they experienced a lot of stress the previous day. 
That's the second year in a row that worker stress reached record levels. It's no surprise they found that employee stress rose in 2020, likely due to the pandemic, but it continues to rise and it's been rising throughout the past decade. I feel that we tend to state like, you know, that pandemic really changed thing and it changed the experience of stress in our workforce. So we're looking only at the last several years, but their research shows for the last decade, stress has been continuing to go up. Gallup also mentioned managers play an outsized role. So they play a bigger role in the stress workers feel on the job. They acknowledge that stress comes from many different factors, but they did pinpoint and say, you know, managers are playing a larger role in the stress that workers feel on the job. And that I'm going to talk to when I give my insights on this and what I think is going on here. But I want you to notice I want you to note that managers are playing a role in stress. I think that's common sense, but it doesn't seem like we're doing a lot about it. So I want to talk about that more with you on this podcast. The other big area of focus on this research was this term quiet quitting. The way Gallup defines quiet quitting is it's when somebody psychologically disengages from work. They may physically still be present. They may still be sitting at that desk. They may still be plugging in remotely, working from home, but they don't know what to do or why it matters. So they're just really disengaged at this point. They don't feel like they uh, are bonded to any coworkers, their boss, or their organization. So psychologically, they're just showing up for the paycheck, to put it another way. And maybe they get some work product done, but they're not really in it for a reason. And this is what struck me the most is these statistics on quiet quitting. So here's what this Gallup research, their annual report revealed. The majority of world's employees are quiet quitting. Nearly six in 10 employees fell into this category. So that's 60% of employees are quiet quitting, are physiologically disengaged from their work, 60%. So it's happening probably in your business too. What this is costing the global economy is $8.8 trillion. And it's actually 9% of the global GDP. This is big. So let's keep going on this quiet quitting. This poll also mentions a statistic that this population of these quiet quitters know what they would change at work. So when Gallup asked them, hey, if you could make one change at your current place of employment that would make it great, 85% of this population were able to articulate what they would change. And the three biggest categories here are engagement or culture, pay, and well-being. And I find this fascinating because that's really tying into some of the other statistics we've already went through about stress rates, like well-being is getting to that. 16% came in with well-being, 28% mentioned pay and benefits, but 41% was talking about engagement and culture. So that's huge. I feel the trend is moving this direction. I'm going to give you more insights here from my own personal uh, beliefs and what I see coming. But 41% is more worried about engagement and culture than they are pay and benefits. I believe this used to be different. I believe pay and benefits used to be a much higher number, but now we're starting to see this engagement and culture go off the charts compared to, comparatively. There was a statistics in this report that engagement matters more than where workers work. 
there's this big debate, especially after COVID, of which one's better? Is it being in the office? Is it working hybrid? Is it working remotely? There's greater flexibility. Like which which option is the best for organizations? Gallup analysis found that the engagement has 3.8 times as much influence on employee stress as work location. So it's more about how employees are feeling about their job. Uh, how they're feeling about their relationships with their team and manager than it is where they're working from. And I think that's fascinating because a lot of times workplaces are focusing a lot of their attention on which work site, like which option works the best, where the conversation should really be switching to how can we engage our employees more. And this Gallup poll actually backs this up, which I find fascinating and exciting because this is my trend and the way I see the world moving as well. The last statistics I want to mention is over half of employees are actively or passively job seeking. 51% of currently employed workers say they are watching for or actively seeking a new job. I'm surprised by that number. That's half of our workforce is looking and increased pay is the top factor of what they want in their next job. But improved well-being and opportunities to grow and develop are also highly prioritized by these specific job seekers. I find that interesting because 51% is quite a lot. But when I looked up and read the statistic that 60% are psychologically disengaged from their work, 51% didn't seem all that bad. But either way, these numbers are quite staggering. Let's get into some philosophies I have, some ideas and insights of where I see the future of work going and what you can do in your own company. And then I'm going to give you a model, a company model for you to look at and read more about if you want to look into this even further. Let me take you a little bit deeper on some of the insights I have for you around these statistics. These statistics overwhelmingly show that employees are not engaged. 60% of employees do not feel engaged to their workplace. Overall, I think the trend in the workforce is moved away from what used to be more siloed thinking around employees. What I mean by that is we used to look at each employee and try to think like, what could make them the most happy in their role? Like what makes them happy? So is it pay? Like what could really like individually What is this person really looking to get out of this job? How can we incentivize that, incentivize that to make them happy and stay with us longer? So if we give this employee an increase in pay, they'll stay longer with the organization. This is where a big shift is coming in culture around workplaces is I feel that this individualized way of trying to find incentives for people to stay with your company, we are shifting out of. I prefer the model of more of a united viewpoint on a company that brings people together. So yes, there may be individual factors to acknowledge, such as pay, and there has to be engagement factors, culture factors, creating a unified team feeling within organizations or within small teams to keep people with your companies longer. That's the big overarching change that I see. So how do you get there? And what does this actually look like? The number one thing that I think drives culture and engagement with employees is having a clarity for your company on your why. 
I have worked with strategic planning with companies for years and entrepreneurs that have teams behind them. And the number one thing I find is there's not an exceptional amount of clarity in regards to your why behind your company. And let's say you're a lawyer. I was a lawyer for years and ran my company there. If I was a lawyer, there is the broadcasting in my, of my services of being a lawyer. But the why is much more extensive behind a company. Like, what do I desire the culture to look like in my company? What do I desire all of my clients to feel like? Who do I desire to work with as clients, right? There's also that level with employees, with engagement. It's really breaking this down to for our, how can you figure out for your company? Like, what is the overall atmosphere, the experience? the vision for who your company is. So if I were to walk in and you were to describe like, this is my vision for the company, I would be able to walk in and tell you right away, like, yes, I would fit in here or I would not be able to fit in here. So let's go into this a little bit further and I'll give you just a few examples. From my legal world experience, when I created my company, a common theme for me was technology. Like I wanted to be in the forefront of how we're using technology. I was past the days of having these um, files upon files, paper files everywhere, like most law firms had. And this is before the times of COVID when everyone went remote. So if there was a technological uh, request coming from employees, or if there was an easier way we could build systems in the background to free up our mind space so we could actually do more of the legal processing, working with our clients, or even working with with each other, I desire to put that in place. So my team knew like, hey, if there's something that can make this our work easier, bring it to my attention. Future thinking, being ahead of the curve was a trend in my organization. Second piece that was really core to who I am, just as an example, is I'm very growth-minded and love learning. So I was weaving in growth with each of my team members all the time. I loved working with growth-minded clients, the ones that were always looking to be on the cutting edge and innovative in their industries. So I was using that, that's core of who I am, core of what my business was like, and I was bringing it into my employees as well. So we were doing interesting things around continuing to grow. Like I might have audio, um, I had audio books that they could access behind the scenes to help them grow. I was doing regular reviews with employees where we just sat down and talked about like, what's their growth edge? Where are they growing? What's something that they're leaning into? What are they enjoying about their work? Which gets me to the second core piece here, is I feel what's really important when you're creating a culture of engagement is not only to discern and get super clear on what your company is about as the leader. As a leader, like what is your company about? How do you desire your employees to feel? What are like the top values of your company and how is that showing up throughout every part of your company? And how often are you ignoring those things? Right, that's a great question to ask. Like, are you, does it feel like that all the time, or is it just when you decide to bring it up and talk about it? It's like the person that walks into the meeting is like, today we're going to talk about the future, but otherwise, like, nothing in behind the scenes is like that. There's stacks of boxes. Like, that's not an integrity. And I think that's where a lot of this disengagement comes is people get hired onto companies that say they're one way, and behind the scenes, they're not. That is the fastest way to disengage somebody from their company from what they're doing.
Second big piece here is to actually have conversations with employees to see what their vision is for their future and to help them get clarity on what lights them up. I have found in my hiring practices over the years that not a lot of employees are as tuned into this as I am as the leader. So it's about creating spaces and creating time and asking questions to help them uncover this for themselves. And the second piece of this is fitting in their vision for their life into the organization. There used to be a lot of talk, there still is in some areas, and there's still this thinking that if you hire somebody on, they should stay with your organization for the rest of their life. I mean, it's just not happening anymore. People on average, I think it's above seven positions throughout their life. It's probably much higher than that now. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know that statistic off the top of my head. The shift in thinking that I encourage leaders to embrace is how can you bring somebody on and get clear on what their vision is for their life or the very near future and weave that into the vision of your company? Can you see how they can benefit for themselves as well as the company being in the role that you're hiring for? Then I go back and I continue to check in on these visions because guess what? Our company vision should be changing over time and your employee visions will change over time. So will yours. And so by constantly going back and having these conversations, I recommend at least every six months to check when in with employees and be like, where are you at? How are things evolving for you? And seeing, do they still fit in? I've had an amazing rock star employee that was working for me for a while. And when she first got on with me, her vision was one way and the company started moving in a different direction. So we had to have a conversation about this and acknowledge, you know, I don't know if your vision for your life continues to match with where we're going. Let's have a conversation about what this may look like. Which brings me to my third point here. And my third point is being able to cultivate open conversations. And what I mean by open conversations is being able to create a space where employees tell you the truth of what's going on for them. What this really looks like is diving deep into more of your employees' experiences. And sometimes there's a fear that we're going to somehow open this can of worms and get into like wounds of the employees or like they're just going to go on and on and never stop. And that's not what I'm talking about here. And that's just a fear that I found can really be um, overcome pretty quickly when you start having these conversations. But the type of conversations I'm talking about are the ones where you have conversations with your employees to let them know like you actually do care about their vision for their future and how it weaves into your company. The other piece of this is being willing to speak into a room what you feel is not being discussed. I always say in a common quote of mine is I feel like the thing that takes a company down or the thing that companies should be watching out for the most are the things not spoken into the room not spoken on calls. And as a leader, it's being willing to bring up what your intuition is telling you or what you're feeling in a moment that's not being spoken into a room and asking questions. For instance, what I find really fascinating on this research is Gallup even acknowledged that these quiet quitters that were disengaged from their work, they knew, 85% of them knew what they would tell their employer to change to make them happy to make them more engaged. 
I find this is true, that a lot of employees know what they would tweak, but there's this fear that they can't bring it to the leader's attention. That is where I say cultivating open communications, and this is a lot of the work I do with companies, is how do you shift the dynamic of the company to start having these conversations? I honestly think this is one of the most powerful things you can do within a company is to cultivate deeper conversations, the reality, the vulnerable, the open conversations to get to the heart of like what's really going on. As an example, I was speaking to this rock star employee. She was amazing. And she let me know that within her organization, her leader, the founder of the company, had done an amazing job of checking in with employees over her tenure. But all of a sudden, she had things going on in her background, like her private life, that were taking up more of her time. She wasn't doing regular checkup with her employees like she used to. And the employees were beginning to feel it. They felt disengaged from her and what was going on in the company. They were wondering like why she was gone or out quite often. There was just this energy going on in the background of like, well, I can do that too. Or we're really confused at what happened. Like This isn't what we thought we were getting. A shift had happened. And this employee that I was speaking to and having lunch with brought this up to me. And I mentioned like, have you talked to her about it? And she's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm comfortable enough to tell her about this. And here, like I said, this woman was a rock star employee and she was talking about feeling this even in her own position about, is this the right position? And a lot of other employees are feeling this too. And could you imagine as a leader, if she would bring this to her attention, how greatly if I was that leader, I would honor that type of feedback. I'm like, thank you for letting me know. I have had other things going on and putting in place a strategy to up-level what this looks like with your employees or, you know, dedicating somebody else on the team to do this while she deals with personal issues in the background. There's many different ways to work through this. But the thing is, is that leader, that founder was unaware this was happening because there was not this open communication. And I've worked in so many positions where I was almost told to just keep my mouth shut and do my work. This is before I became a leader, before I founded my own companies. And it's that mindset that really actually hurts these work environments. It's what causes the disengagement because the employees are feeling disengaged because there's been a shift or they're not really sure where they fit in. They don't feel like they have a connection with their employer, their leaders, the founders. And then what happens is they don't bring it up. They don't let you know. So they just quietly start looking for other opportunities. They start quietly looking at Facebook instead or some other TikTok. They just start quietly disengaging. You don't even know what's happening unless you're really checking in with them regularly. So one of my biggest takeaways here for you is to think about how are you opening up your, the communication in your workplace? How are you creating a workplace where you honor feedback from employees and you actually train them on how to do this? It's not like a venting open dialogue that I work with companies to build, but you train people on how you can create a safe space where they open up to you. 
they open up so you know what's going on and you have more open-ended conversations to see really what's going on inside of your company and how you can make it better. And when you hear things, actually taking the steps to make it better. Another piece of this, the fourth aspect I'm going to bring in is how are you uniting your teams? What are you doing to actually engage everyone together or your at least team? If you're, there's many different teams within your organization, what are you doing to unite those? This is where I'm going to get into more of the case study because I have found that uniting teams, I would take teams out and do little like arts and crafts or, you know, like little lunches. And if I were to do, and I do it differently now, and I actually look at what I'm trying to achieve the values of my company, like what we're about, and the engagement opportunities surround that. So the case study that I have for you guys is the company Patagonia. I've studied quite a bit about Patagonia, especially from a company value standpoint and what they stand for. And if you don't know about them, they are a clothing brand in the outdoor market. That's their main thing is clothing in the outdoor market. They are also an activist. And some of us, I would almost say that they're more of an activist company nowadays than they are a clothing brand. But clothing is the vehicle. Activism is what they're about for the environment. Their whole mission is to save the environment. And they happen to do that by selling clothes and at times telling you not to buy their clothes. (laughs) Their mission is pretty fascinating because they push people away as well as bring them in through their activism work. So that's a whole nother podcast I could talk about, a whole nother series of a conversation about values around a company and how you build that. But let's look at just their hiring practices. So here's this company, Patagonia, that believes in the environment. They're activists in regards to protecting the safekeeping of the environment, making it better, dealing with our ecosystem. Some of the hiring practices they have in place is as part of your application to get into this company, you have to talk about what you currently do for the environment. How are you currently involved in activism activism for the environment? From the very beginning, they are looking to hire people that align with their mission, that aligns with who they are as a company. I think that's a great model to share with you. And then once you're in the company, a lot of what they're doing when they are engaging their employees is centered around this activism, um, you know, having days where they want people to go out in nature. Like they don't, they're not open during Black Friday. They encourage their employees to go out and experience nature. They um, encourage employees to get involved in their own way with activism around the, the environment. So in many levels, they're aligning their engagement with their employees from their hiring practices to when an employee actually comes on all around their mission. And the reason I bring up Patagonia is because I feel this is the wave of the future. I feel they're setting the tone for what your organization can look like when you get crystal clear on clarity on what you're about. Because Patagonia has an endless amount of people applying. They have more people applying for the positions than they have positions open. It's like these waiting lists. People, I don't know where I heard about this. I don't know if I listened to a podcast, but it talked about how they had so many people applying all the time, just 
hoping they get on with Patagonia. And that's because they have sung out what their employee engagement looks like from the very beginning to the end. Like, this is your journey with us. And if activism and the environment is part of your story, we want you to come and work for us. So these people are going to work for Patagonia now because they desire to sell clothing. Some might. But it's really because of this larger impression they're leaving on the world. I very strongly believe that that it's the model for the future. This is how I work with organizations to get really crystal clear for them. And this is my advice to you. Get really crystal clear. What are you actually about? There's the vehicle, like Patagonia has the clothing that they sell. That's their vehicle. In my law firm, I had law. Practicing law was the vehicle. So I had paralegals, I had attorneys. That was the vehicle. But who my company was, was not the vehicle. That was just one aspect of it. It's like creating an archetype for your company, like making it almost look like a person. Like this is how it's going to feel to work here. This is the atmosphere. These are the types of people that love working here. Your future, for me, it was future-minded people, embracing the new, loving to learn and grow. Ugh. It just excites me now even just saying that into the world. Those are the people I work with. And I am talking about pretty much every service type of service provider I hire on the back end. They have that theme I look for to hire them because I know they're going to get along with me well. People that want to stay stagnant, stuck, eh, no. So what is your company? Who is your company? Then once you get very crystal clear on who your company is, It's about taking the steps from the very beginning, the first touches, whether it's a client nor employee, especially employee on this episode, every single step and touch you have with an employee, think about it from that perspective of who your company is. How can you showcase to this individual who you are? How can you engage them with who your company is? How can you make sure they're engaged? How often can you have these conversations? And lastly, How can you cultivate open conversations with your employees? This isn't telling your employees who they are, who they're going to be. This is about asking them, like, what's happening for you? Being curious about what's going on inside of your employees. Being curious about their feedback, what they're seeing going on, or what they would love to see to improve for them. Actually sitting down with them. For me, a survey going out to employees doesn't work. I don't have an astronomical amount of employees. I'm not a large organization. Most people that listen to this aren't extremely large organizations either. It's about having those one-on-one conversations and asking the questions. And I don't mean like asking very open-ended questions like what would make better? What would make working here better for you? Some employees may be able to um, answer that and tell you. Some employees are not going to be able to. I'll give you a little heads up. So you're going to have to break it down even more. This is a process that I build out a lot of times with my clients of how you can break this down and refine. Break this down. What are you hearing? Let's refine it even more. Are you getting feedback? Are you enlisting these open conversations? What has to change? Especially if you've never done this before, this is a process to learn. And it's a process for your employees to go through to learn that all of a sudden we're shifting and we're being more open-minded about what the future looks like for all of us. Creates a much more harmonious and united company, much more engaged culture.
So with that, I hope you take this in and think about, are you clear on who your company is? Once you're clear on who your company is, can you see that in every aspect for your employees, all the touches with your employees? If I were to walk in as an outsider, would I be able to describe it back to you, who your company is? Are you in integrity? We're not perfect here, but are you leaning and getting better and better and willing to look at this over and over again? And you're willing to get the feedback from your employees and have conversations with them. Wishing you the best on this journey. Let me know what you think. I would love to hear from you guys on what you think of this episode. What are your thoughts on this? How far along are you? What are you doing in your companies? You can go ahead and shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Or follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram the most often. You can find me there. Shoot a comment down on this episode, and I'd love to engage with you then. Bye, everyone. Bye.